Well, 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 what do we have here? It is another episode of Breaking News episode of the In the Fourth Podcast with your host, Cole Northrup. I mean, I don't podcast for a couple of days, and all of a sudden the sports world just decides to turn on the turn on the gas and the and the ignition, and man, we're off to the races. Um, breaking today, obviously the biggest news of the day is in the basketball world, in the NBA world, James Harden was traded to the Philadelphia 76ers from Brooklyn for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and a couple first-round picks that are like teenagers right now that nobody's really even going to think about here in a couple weeks, right? So we're going to just dive right into this trade. When you look at the East, right, there's not a ton of great teams. It's basketball, right? This is not like the NFL where you're going to have 16 teams and all of a sudden the Bengals can make the Super Bowl and you're like, how'd that happen, right? No, this is basketball. Whoever has the best players is typically going to win, right? And right now the, the East has four really good teams and one of them is the, the the defending champs and the Milwaukee Bucks, right? So you have the Bucks, you have the Nets now with Simmons, half of Kyrie, KD when he comes back healthy, Seth Curry's going to add some shooting to that team. They're defensively going to get a lot better with Ben Simmons on the floor, assuming he can come back and be 90 to 95% of what he was last year in Philly, right? He wasn't bad last year in Philly. He wasn't bad, yes. He had a bad run in the playoffs, right? Kind of got the yips, you know, lost his confidence, couldn't shoot free throws, couldn't make layups. We all remember the viral video that went around the world on Ben Simmons on that one, right? But people forget he dropped 47 in February earlier that year against, I believe it was the Warriors, right? So he can still get to the basket. He can still get his 20 to 25 points, be a defensive player of the year, be a first-team all-defense like he has been the past couple years, right? The Nets got better defensively. That's what they did. They got better defensively. And at the end of the day, if they're going to make the finals and win the NBA championship, it's going to be because the best player in the league cements himself as the best player in the league in Kevin Durant, right? Everyone says he's the greatest shooter of all time from just a pure going to get a bucket. We know Curry is the actual greatest shooter of all time, but we know that Durant can just get a bucket from anywhere. He can pull it from 30. He can pull it from 12. You can't stop him, right? He's going to get his number, okay? So if they are going to get where they need to get to, KD's going to have to carry them. All right, KD, let's see it. You know, you're reunited with a Curry brother, so you should be able to win the chip, right? You haven't been able to do one without him. Um, little, you know, sarcasm there, but that's okay. So we know Milwaukee's really good. We know Brooklyn's really good. Obviously, we know the 76ers are going to be in the conversation now that James Harden is reunited with Daryl Morey. He's got a really good big man in, in Joel Embiid who's playing lights out right now, MVP level. So it's going to be really fun to just watch them pick and roll teams to death because that's all Harden wants to do. He's going to go, his usage rate's going to go back up through the roof. He's going to be carrying that ball up and down the floor for the 76ers. It's going to be really, really fun to watch. And then the last team that absolutely nobody's talking about is the Miami Heat. We're not going to spend too much time on them because they're not a sexy team. They're just well coached. It's Kyle Lowry. It's Jimmy Buckets. You know what I mean? They're, they're doing theirs down in South Beach, but would I be surprised if they're in the, you know, semis in the Eastern Conference? Not at all. I expect them to be in the semis in the Eastern Conference. Could they, you know, give Milwaukee a run? Could they give the Brooklyn Nets a run? Possibly, you know. But it's going to be really, really fun to watch those four teams in the semis because those are the four teams I expect, right? And those are the four 
best teams in the East right now and the, and the four teams that are going to give us the best series in the East. Out West, I think it's clear-cut. It's really easy, right? We know Phoenix is really good, and we know Golden State's really good. That's about it, right? Don't talk to me about the Lakers. Um, yes, they have LeBron, and you can't count a team out with LeBron, but this is not LeBron when he's 29. You know, he can't carry the team as much as he probably wants to and and physically could, you know, a couple of years back. At the end of the day, this lies at the at the feet of Anthony Davis. We knew, the Lakers knew what they were getting into when they traded for Russell Westbrook. They knew it. Guy can't shoot, turns the ball over a lot, you can't play him late, can't hit free throws. They knew that, right? There's 13, 14 years of history of Russell Westbrook doing this. This is not a surprise. Okay, so anyone that's asking or acting like it's a surprise, shame on you because we knew what Russell Westbrook was. Anthony Davis was the chosen one. He was the one that was supposed to carry this Lakers franchise after LeBron retired, right? I guarantee you, as soon as LeBron retires, the Lakers are going to look around and say, we don't have a chance to win the championship now. We didn't have a chance to win it with LeBron when he was at the back half of his prime, right? So we're going to trade Anthony Davis. We're going to trade Russell. We're going to trade all of the pieces that we could possibly have to try to recoup some of the assets that we had to trade for Anthony Davis, that we had to trade for Russell Westbrook, right? So at the end of the day, I expect it to be Phoenix and Golden State in the in the Western Conference Finals. It'll be really, really fun. I think it'll be a really sexy matchup. People forget how great Steph Curry is from a shooting standpoint. Yes, he's had a rough you know month right around the uh, turn of the, of the new year, but at the end of the day, he's Steph Curry, you know, and he can put up 34 in the most extravagant, bazooka-like way that anyone could, right? It's not KD where he's just going to go down and, you know, hit a two, hit, hit an 18-point, you know, 18-foot jumper, you know, another 18-foot jumper, you know, get a running layup. No, this is Steph Curry. We're taking 30-foot, you know, logo threes, baby. That's what I love about him. He's, he gets the he gets the people fired up. So that's what happened in the NBA today. I'm sure... You know, this is being recorded prior to the trade deadline ending here at 3 p.m. Eastern. So, you know, if Russell Westbrook gets traded, you know, maybe the Lakers have a little bit of hope. But at the end of the day, I think it's a wash. I think LeBron knows it a wa- knows it's a wash, and we're going to move on from there. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little NFL. You know, it might or may not be the biggest week of the entire season. Super Bowl Sunday, baby. See you next. Six twenty-eight kickoff, you know, down there in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. We got the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals coming to town to play each other for the right to the Vince Lombardi trophy, right? If anyone would have told you that in the preseason, you could have asked them what they were smoking or if they were living in Colorado, right? Because no one, absolutely no one predicted the Cincinnati Bengals to be in the playoffs, right? Maybe outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. Um Credit to them. They figured out a way to do it, and they've won some close, tight games in the playoffs, right? I mean, Derek Carr had an opportunity to tie it up with a minute left in the wild card round. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was driving to tie, if not win the game, with a minute left before he threw that pick. And then Mahomes just went complete opposite Mahomes mode in the second half, blew a 17-point lead, I believe it was. And, you know, that's all she wrote. Joe Burrow, you know, Joe Burr came back and won the game. So... I predicted the Rams to be the NFC in the NFC 
representative at the beginning of the year. So I'm, I'm glad half of my Super Bowl pick made it there. Uh, the other half, the Bills, you know, just they're the Bills. So, um, but I'm happy for the Rams. But there, here's here's the overlying theme for this game. This game, it doesn't have the Tom Brady, doesn't have the Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, all those guys. It doesn't have it, right? This game is a legacy-defining game. Because if you tell me that if you look at the AFC in the next 7 to 10 years and say, yeah, Burrow, he's going to be back here, and he's going to be back here consistently, I'll tell you you're wrong. Because that's what people have said about Patrick Mahomes for the past, you know, four or five years. Has he made the Super Bowl the past two years? Yeah, he has. But he was the favorite this year to make it. And now they're sitting on their their butts at home watching the Super Bowl, right? It's because the AFC has so many of these great quarterbacks. Burrow, Herbert, Lamar, Mahomes, Allen, Trevor Lawrence. You know what I mean? All of these guys are going to be competing against each other just for the right to make it to the Super Bowl. Right, So there is no guarantee if you're Joe Burrow and company, the Cincinnati Bengals, that you're even favored in your own division next year. Because at the end of the day, if you're if you're telling me next year who's going to win the AFC North, I'm taking Baltimore. I'm taking Baltimore, and it's not even close. I mean, that Baltimore Ravens team was absolutely eradicated by injury this year. And they somehow missed the playoffs by one game. They were like 9-7, and 9-8, and eight, something like that. Right? So... That Ravens team is going to get exponentially better, and I wouldn't expect the Bengals to be favored in their own division, which is crazy. It's crazy to think about, but it's true. So Joe Burrow has to capitalize on this opportunity. He has to because you're not going to get those coin flip one-score games to go to your side every time, especially not three straight in the playoffs, right? I mean, ask the Bills this year. They were 0-6 in one-score games, you know, both regular season and postseason, 0-6. So there's some years you get the coin toss, some, there's other years you don't get the coin toss. And Burrow has to, has to make it and take an advantage of where he's at and where he's led this team to, right? I mean, if he wins this game, let's just go down this road. If he wins this game, you could hypothetically say that he's the best quarterback in football, right? He's beaten Patrick Mahomes twice. He's 2-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. Beat Mahomes in the AFC Championship, right, at Arrowhead. He also went and beat Matthew Stafford, right now the best NFC quarterback there is. I mean, Rodgers just continuously chokes when he's in the playoffs, so you really can't count him, right? One in four in in NFC title games, can't count him, right? He's just not the best quarterback in football. It, it, It might be a hot take, but it is what it is. Brady's retired, so we can't count Brady. It's not like you're going against Kyler, in your own division, not like you're going against Jimmy G, right? Kirk Cousins isn't on that list. All the other great quarterbacks are in the AFC, right? Josh has never made a Super Bowl. Lamar's never made a Super Bowl. Lamar's never made an uh, AFC championship game, much less that. Herbert can't make the playoffs, okay? So you can go from, yeah, I won and went undefeated and possibly had the greatest college football season ever from the quarterback position, especially statistically. I did that. And then I blew my knee out. I was the first quarterback to be picked and the first pick overall in the 2020 draft to ever take their team to a Super Bowl within the first two years and win it. That's what that's what's on the line for Joe Burrow right now. And he could do it. 
right? Because everyone's seen that meme on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, whatever your social media is, that has what the Bengals have and what the Rams have, right? The Rams have the better coach. The Rams have the better defense. The Rams have Aaron Donald. The Rams have Odell Beckham, right? The list goes on and on and on. And what's Cincinnati have? Joe Burrow. So at the end of the day, it's going to be 11 o'clock Eastern on Sunday night. And Joe Burrow could make the case that he's the best quarterback in the NFL, right? And it'd be a hard case to not agree with. It would be. I wouldn't agree with it. But I mean, he'd have the same amount of Super Bowls as Mahomes. That's all I'm going to say. But let's flip it to the other side. And what's on the line for Matthew Stafford, right? Matthew Stafford, he's going to make the first Super Bowl appearance of his lifetime as the oldest quarterback to be a number one overall pick to make the Super Bowl at this point in time, right? So it's really interesting how he can continue to write how his career is going to be seen. So if he wins this game and he beats Cincinnati on Sunday night, you can make the case that Matthew Stafford's a Hall of Famer, right? I would certainly make that case. Why? Well, Matthew Stafford at the end of the next season is going to be top 10 in completions, top 10 in pass yards. He's going to have a Super Bowl chip, right? He's going to be in the MVP conversation again for another year. So at the end of the day, when you're top 10 in those statistical categories and you have a championship and you're the reason that team won, assuming that he's the Super Bowl MVP and it's not Aaron Donald, which is also a great, great bet. You know what I mean? I know like 25% of the bets right now on Super Bowl MVP is Aaron Donald. So those are smart people because he's going to have an absolutely heck of a game against the Cincinnati offensive line. But I digress. Matthew Stafford has the opportunity to rewrite history. He'd be a legend not only in the with the Rams organization, but the entire Detroit fan base is cheering for him. It feels like Detroit's like, hey, we finally have a we're we're in the Super Bowl. We're actually you know have a chance to play and win a championship, right? So he'd be a legend in two different areas of the country. So it's going to be really, really fun to watch. I do think the Rams are going to win the game. And if you were to bet this game, I believe it's like Rams minus four right now. The smart bet is to take the Rams and the points, right? Um, If it's close, we've seen. We've seen that Burrow just has ice in his veins and that Stafford can kind of, you know, melt a little bit, a um, little bit more on McVay from a melting standpoint. Stafford, Stafford, you know, has, has shown some, some gall, you know, in the playoffs with that, with that big time throw against Tampa uh, to Cooper cup for 40 yards to set him up in, in field goal range. I'll give him credit there. You know what I mean? Uh, but at the end of the day, if it's close, I'm taking Burrow, right? So I don't think it's necessarily going to be close. I think this is a two score game. I think the Rams can kind of keep them at bay, have a 10 to 14 point lead and, and kind of just wish it away uh, in a sense. But yeah, there's a lot on the line on Sunday night, especially for these two quarterbacks. And I'm also going to talk about one more person. There's a lot on the line for Odell, okay? Odell has played his ass off this postseason, frankly, since he's gotten to the Rams, right? We had the whole, you know, big issue with his dad posting how he needed to get out of Cleveland and how Baker couldn't throw him the ball. And... All of that's been proven to be true, right? And if you're a Browns fan, you must just feel awful because you're seeing Odell now go for, you know, eight catches, 75 yards. He just had his first 100-yard game in the playoffs, right? 
He made a Super Bowl, and he he just he looked like he was used incorrectly in Cleveland, right? Which is either on Baker or it's on the coaching staff. And the only consistent there while Odell was in, in Cleveland was Baker. So that's where I lay on that standpoint. But if Odell can go and win this game, all of the shenanigans, the proposing and kicking the kicking net, right? The kind of weird dog celebrations that he does in, in, in New York, right? The forcing his way out of Cleveland, all of it's worth it. All of it's worth it. And frankly, nobody else thinks of thinks of it ever again, right? Because they're like, yeah, Odell's kind of the reason they won it. They lost Robert Woods, their number two receiver. He stepped up. He was able to produce six, seven, eight catches, 75 yards a game, a touchdown, right? Had those big explosive plays. Usually he has about two a game. I'd expect the same on Sunday night. But all those narratives just wish away. They wish away for Odell Beckham Jr. And I hope that happens because he's been unfairly criticized about wearing a watch during a game and doing all this stuff and being the the reason that Cleveland has so much dysfunction. It's not him. It's not him. It's the it's frankly in my opinion it's their quarterback who, you know, just continuously does commercials and can't stay out of the news just overall, you know, for what he says. So I had to, you know, wave goodbye to social media and make that a big deal. No one cares, Baker. No one cares that you're leaving social media. Anyways, I'm not going to get on a Baker rant today. But at the end of the day, it's going to be really, really, really fun to watch Sunday night and see how legacies are shaped in this game from Odell's to Matt Stafford's to Joe Burrow's to Sean McVay's, right? To hell, even Zach Taylor, who could frankly probably put a statue up in Cincinnati if he figures out a way to win the Super Bowl because, I mean, he'll never get fired. He'll, he could leave and he could coach there for 25 years and they'd be fine with it. So I'm excited for the game. I'm taking the Rams, like I said. Uh, I think they can control the line of scrimmage on both ends. I think McVay's going to be prepared. I don't think he's going to be surprised like he was in his last Super Bowl with, you know, Belichick tricks. So... I do like the Rams. I think the Rams win convincingly, and we'll go from there. Well, you know I couldn't finish this podcast without talking about Tom Brady retiring, right? And this is the first time we've talked about it here. Uh, I know it happened last week, and obviously then all of a sudden there was a report that you know Brady came out and said, hey, you know, Never say never. I might not actually be done, uh, which is just so, so Brady in the sense of like just trying to egg people on a little bit, right? Um, but at the end of the day, he's the GOAT. Uh, it, he's the greatest of all time. I wish he re- retired after, you know, five or six rings, uh, mainly for the reason because now he's put all of his statistical numbers so far from the brink of everybody else that it's going to be really, really hard for anyone to touch him, right? Like, yeah, Mahomes is setting all these records. He's the fastest to, you know, pass for X amount of yards and the fastest to throw X amount of touchdowns. He's a blip on Tom Brady's radar. A blip. You know why? Because Brady beat him in the Super Bowl. Brady has played till he's 44, right? Has played 21 years in the NFL or whatever it was. And... For somebody to have that career longevity without injury, with 
being able to play as consistently at a high level as Brady did. It's going to be almost impossible for someone to do that, right? And let's just say, let's go through the thought experiment, right? Say Mahomes wins three or four more Super Bowls. You know what this conversation becomes? LeBron versus MJ, right? Because Mahomes, he he can't, he won't win eight Super Bowls, right? And frankly, even if he does, I don't think I can put him over Brady because of the fact that Brady beat him outright. Brady beat him in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, Mahomes didn't have the protection. Yeah, Tampa Bay was at home, but he beat him. It's like if Jordan was to beat LeBron outright, I don't even think it would be a discussion who's the greatest player of all time, right? Especially in the finals. Are you kidding me? So I think the the person that could challenge Brady the most is probably like 10 years old right now, right? Sitting in his fifth grade classroom, third, fourth grade classroom, you know, hanging out, having a good time, learning what cursive is. Because I don't think there's anybody in the NFL, I don't think there's anybody in college right now that's even close to scratching the surface of what Tom Brady did for a, for a career. I mean, you can... You can split Brady's career into two separate ones, hell, even almost three separate ones, and make the case, at least for the two, you can make a strong case that those are both Hall of Fame careers, right? Three Super Bowls you know, with New England early, three Super Bowls after the 2010 uh, turn of the year afterwards, right? With five Super Bowl appearances or whatever it was. Six Super Bowl appearances. So Brady has just really made it not fun for guys like me. And it's it's a race for number two, right? Whether you think that's going to be Mahomes, whether you think that's, you know, Elway or Joe Montana or Terry Bradshaw, right? Or Troy Aikman. However you want to list two, five, two, three, four, five, six is is your opinion. And it's completely fair, completely understand why you do it in that way. But one's locked. One's locked. And it's going to be locked probably till probably till... You and me are both long from from this earth because those records, that amount of passing yardage, those touchdowns, they're all going to stay. They're all going to stay for a really, really long time. And it's going to become almost frustrating because every single time we think someone has done something spectacular in a season, right? Throw for 5,000 yards. Oh, Brady did that already, right? He's done it, you know, with Randy Moss and, and company. Eh, that's something else. I guess the only way somebody like a Mahomes, you know, or like say, for example, say Burrow wins this, you know, Super Bowl, can try to catch Brady is by going undefeated, right? That's the only thing Brady didn't do. And hell, he almost did that. He almost did it. He was, you know, a quarter away from beating the New York football giants from having a perfect season. And then it's really over. It's re- There's really nothing you could do, Right. So that's maybe the only leg up if someone was able to accomplish that feat, which is, I mean, borderline impossible these days with how well teams are built uh, and the quarterback plays around uh, quarterback play around the league. Uh, it's just not going to happen. But at the end of the day, I mean, hats off to Tom Brady. You caused me 20 years of absolutely just disappointment on Sundays being a Bills fan. You know, having the hope that we could just go in and compete with you. I mean, when we beat you those three times, it felt like, you know, Christmas morning times a thousand. I mean, it was that I was happy for like a month. I'm still happy over those wins, frankly. And I was like eight, right? Um, I think the Indianapolis Colts social media team 
summed it up perfectly. It was a you know a SpongeBob meme, and they they shook uh, Squidward shook SpongeBob's hand and said you know see you later goodbye. Not not sad or I'm sad about it, but then goes and and parties in his own house. Right. That's that's how the whole league feels about Brady. Um, in the regards of Brady coming back, if Brady was to come back, which you know if he does, great for the sport, awesome. It's another great quarterback. Please, for the love of God, stay in the NFC. Um, if he was to come back, I'd love to see him outside of Tampa, right? Because this could almost be just a tour. Now he's just having fun, right? Hey, let's go Let's go to X place and see if we can win, right? Let's go and see if we can win in San Francisco, okay? Let's go and see if we can win in Washington. Let's go see if we can win in Dallas if they want to move off Dak, right? Just make it fun, Brady, right? You, you can't hurt your career. You're already the GOAT, and it's absolutely, you know— it's not even an argument between one and two, you know, like it was four or five years ago in Montana, right? Now you're, you know, it's undisputed in a sense. So just go have fun. Go have fun. Go team to team every year. Go throw for 4,500 yards. Try to win Super Bowl with just random teams. Oh, Tom Brady's on the Giants this year. What a change of events that is. Oh, Tom Brady, you know, he went to the Falcons, tried to win a chip there. I mean, it would be fun to watch. It, it would give me something to talk about, right? Uh, it would, you know, almost develop like a humorous, maybe a villain-like character that Brady would look, be seen as because he's just hopping from team to team. Uh, but I hope he's just not back in Tampa to run it back again. That's not fun. That's not fun. Go to Jacksonville. I mean, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is there, but you get my point. Like, we're getting facetious out here. Um, so I appreciate you guys tuning in for this breaking news episode of the In the Fourth Podcast. I hope you guys have a great Sunday with family, friends, watching football, having fun, enjoy it. It's the last game until what, August? Um, so I'm probably going to be in depression mode next week. Um, but enjoy it, have fun, and I'll talk to you guys real soon.